Welcome, travelers. I'm Josh. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika. And this is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your humble guides on the quest to RPG adventures. Welcome everybody to the next Patreon actual play chapter in our D&D campaign, Arch Enemies. We have got a full house over here at Tabletop Journeys. We are joined by five of our Patreons and our two other hosts on, on the stream today. So this is going to be a very exciting game party of seven. As we did with the last game, today's game begins immediately after the end of the last game. Once again, the heroes that were with us at that point walked through a portal at the end of the game, and now they find themselves here. And some of those heroes find that they are in this location. Other new heroes have arrived. And so I'd like to first have all of our Patreons, just in order, please, as they appear in the list here, introduce them, their character so that everybody knows who they are. And you all know who the hosts are, so we're not going to worry about this. I'm so. Alari. I am a... I appear to be a very tall furbolg with purple hair, and I am a rogue. Anon, I believe you are next. Apologies. I am Anon. I am a, a level six sorcerer and a turtle. Fabulous. Candy? Excuses. Candy is a roughly six-foot-tall, yellow-skinned Giffy Yankee, a war wizard. And Zier? Zier is a mage. Human, average height, strawberry blonde, and just a very human. And sticking <laughs> out like a sore thumb in this group. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, Kilvarix. Yes, Kilvarix is a very large, slightly disgruntled little patient's dragonborn that happens to also be a cleric of Io. Fabulous. Slightly disgruntled? <laughs> What's that? Slightly disgruntled? Slightly disgruntled, yeah. <laughs> Depends on who's around. That, that's fair, yeah. Slightly disgruntled for your average dragonborn. So the five of you find yourselves walking out of a portal, which is in a small 30 by 30 stone room in Zilvarin's castle. Now, Zir and Anon, I do not believe either of you have ever been in Zilvarin's castle, nor do you know who Zilvarin is, and that's perfectly okay. Anon, you last joined us at the at the Swamp Campaign, and you walked through the portal, found yourself in this stone room. Zir, you were also there, and so same thing. You walked through the portal, found yourself in this stone room, but I don't believe either of you have ever been in the castle before. It's a very austere, stone, German-looking castle, and certainly from what you can see here, it looks like about basically a 30 by 30 sort of... Uh, 
square room, very square in fact. And the portal that you are on is on a raised dais with arcane symbols carved into it and a an elven maid in blue robes with glowing gold thread throughout it. Uh, is standing about 10 feet from the portal, hands in the casting position, if you can think of like your stereotypical wizard casting at it. And next to him is a exceptionally fine looking elven creature dressed in silver and black with flowing silver hair. You both think that he, in some level, looks familiar. Zir, you've, you've seen his face before. You know that you know him from somewhere. Maybe you can put your finger on it, and maybe you can't, based on your previous interactions with Zilvarin, who claims to be an archfey, and that you are in his realm of Altan. So the five of you walk out of the portal, and Zilvarin, in an excited kind of exclamation, says, Aha! You are, you have returned. We feared that we had lost you. There is much to discuss. There is much to break down what has happened to you. And standing next to Zilvarin is a dashingly handsome, ruddy-skinned half-elf in the fine trappings of a knight of the Order of the Purple Dragon, our favorite left-handed directional whiz, Simeon. Friends, it's so good to see you. Kilvarex, it has been some time. I'm glad to see you again. Apparently I'm wherever I need to be. As we all seem to be. Anon, good to see you again. You too, Zir. Alorai is immediately going to squeak because they're seeing more of her than she ever planned to show them. And since she was a polybog before she came through the portal dressed in her underthings, she's going to duck behind the giant turtle because I think he's the only one big enough to hide behind at seven feet tall for me and uh, quickly get into her leathers. Yeah. So she's uh, so uh, Alari ducking behind behind Anon there is uh, is slowly <laughs> no, getting dressed. Getting dressed. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, quickly, yeah, fair. She's quickly getting dressed to go ahead and cover up, but she has clearly reverted back to to the form that you all know and love of the, uh, the lovable furball there. And as you are being welcomed and seeing everybody, Sprocket, what color portal would open? Were Sprocket traveling to where you currently are? Sprocket's per- portal would probably be like a swirl of shades of light blue. I'm betting cool. from wherever he's coming from. Yeah. As you are standing there next to the wizard, in fact, the elven wizard, much to his surprise and chagrin, a blue tinted portal. What would the portal look like, Sprocket? Like a, probably a door. Like it wouldn't look like a swirly, uh, like a swirly more. It's probably more of a like an actual doorway, like a maybe even a metal trap door or something. Is it? Um, not a metal trap door per se, but more like there would be a swirl of blue light and mist, and then like the steel doors with the two little handles to yep. a bunker, kind of go. And he steps out. And Sprocket walks through, much to Zilvarin's surprise. But hello, I don't believe we've been acquainted before. Sprocket doesn't reply at all. And for those of you who haven't met him, a three and a half foot gnome, dusky gray complexion, with hair that's such a dark blue that it's almost black. He's got deep purple eyes and bushy eyebrows and a goatee that always smell 
and like burnt hair. I won't give you his full crazy description of Doom, but uh, he wears leather armor with like metal and wire built into it. It's studded, studded leather, and some of the studs that go from bracer to bracer. Along the back of his shoulders are all copper with wire connecting through them. And he's holding a bizarre-looking crafted device that looks kind of like a Geiger counter. And it's got a little dial on it and a bunch of knobs, but all the knobs have like white paint and grease pen marks like it's a prototype. I can't believe it worked! I found it! Holy cow! And he turns around and starts taking, adjusting the knobs in the area where he just was for a hot minute before looking up. Simeon! Alara Enon, it's been so long! Where am I? Wait. Great. What? Kilvarix, you know this one. Unfortunately, yes. Kilvarix, that's hurtful! Shall we dispatch it? No. He can be helpful at times, although he does have a a tendency to like to stick around yeah, areas that we don't need to and get into trouble. I will rush up to Sprocket, grab him, hoist him up in a big bear hug, and say, Sprocket, my friend, it has been far too long. I'm glad you've returned to us. How did you Put return down. to Put us? Down. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was excited. to see you too, Simeon. But that's just undignified. How would you feel if I ran up and lifted you off the ground like that? Impressed. <laughs> <laughs> the the elven wizard looks at you, Sprocket, said, How did... Where did... Who are you? Ah, who am I? My name is Flubbleaxium Tenderflux Sprocketophilus Crimpernip Wait Don't Singe Whiskers Makelfirst. I see. Pleased to meet you. Who are you? I am... One of the wizards in the employ of the Grand Archfey, Zilvarin, and you find yourself in his realm. That's unexpected. Candy's eyes roll very hard. I was trying to get back to Candlekeep. Candlekeep? What How did you find your way here? These are my friends, most of them. <laughs> Zilvarin sort of in a huff says, yeah, if you are all on friendly terms with one another, then let us away. There is much to discuss to figure out what happened. You were gone far longer than we expected. What do you mean, what happened? Mounds the witch. Two of your hags and seek the third. Wait, two? I haven't been gone that long. I just got here. Okay, now you we'll have to sit down and compare notes at some time. Yes, now you understand. There has been some strangeness. Come. He will walk out of the room and lead you back into the uh, the dining room with the long oak table and the silver the silver adornments. And standing in the room are uh, several of what you know of the Knights of Altan. They're in their gleaming silver armor with their black under armor and everything like that, including Seifel and Tyriana, the two that were with you in the realm of the Death Hag, but did not come with you to the swamp. So we'll, of course, beckon you to sit at the table, and so we, we can sit down and we can discuss what happened here. So we had sent you to the realm of the first of the Hag Sisters. Kilvarix, you were there. Candy, you were there. And Alari, I believe that you were. Kess, I believe, was there also. There, But 
a different sort of group than have come back, which is strange. But also, we lost track of you for a while. Uh, we know when you planted the first seed because the system that we have designed started to feed back some information. And then we lost you. So who can tell me what happened after that point? After we planted the first acorn, we jumped back into a portal. That's it. And so you jumped into that portal and found yourself here, which is exactly what happened. Exactly. Not entirely accurate. Okay. So what do you recall, Candy? We emerged in a inhospitable swamp and treated with bullywogs and slew a hag and her shadow puppets. Shadow puppets. Tiny fae beings that flitted about with sharp knives. It definitely glares at Silvarin at the word fae. If you went to a swamp that I believe that you were teleported instead to the realm of the second hag sister instead of returning here, somehow uh, somehow you were intercepted. Who was with you? Alarai. Zir. Inan, you were there. Yes, it was unlike a swamp I've never seen. Who's Zir? The one with the loot. The only one who's actually not incredibly much taller than you. Sprocket is scanning the table looking for someone who apparently has all the loot, because having not met them, he was just curious. Do I have loot? I don't remember having loot. Oh. No, a loot. A oh, loot. a loot. Oh, a I loot. The instrument. <laughs> oh. Apologies, I misheard. This thing. <laughs> Sprocket misheard, so... Yes, yeah, I did too. Oh, so there oh, we go. A loot! A loot! Yes. Where are you from? You haven't... Around, here and there. I grew up near a lake. Anyway, you have merely parroted back what we have already confirmed. The second hag has been dealt with. That explains some things. Did you successfully plant the seed? And the portal opened, and we stepped through, expecting the realm of the third hag, but found ourselves returned here. You should have returned here after the death hag. That's what I'm trying to explain to you, Candy, if you will slow down for a second. I understand your distaste for what's at play here, but let me assure you, as I said previously, fey magics are an inexact science. And, beyond that, I fear that Amante may be gaining in strength. If they were able to intercept you, then clearly they know what we're doing. Have you eaten? Is there, is, have you taken your rest? You clearly have been through an ordeal over the last, well, days, weeks, months, however long it's been, who knows? Have you eaten? Have you taken rest? Please. You are my guests. The laws of hospitality, obviously granted to you, permit you to eat and rest freely here, for you have much more work ahead of you. And we wish to be about it. Does Candy speak for all of you? 
I'm sorry. Sprocket and Kilvaris were whispering to each other, and he missed that. So when you mentioned that, he looks up and says, I'm sorry, what was that again? Sprocket also was whispering and not paying attention, but he still heard it all because, you know, he could do that. I don't know. I just met them, and they seem pretty grumpy. I'm offering you some dinner, my dragonborn friend. Would you like some dinner? Um, looking at candy, is it freely given? The law? (laughs) (laughs) The laws of hospitality permit you free passage without harm in my realm. You are under my protection, Kilvarix. We are friends. Are we not? Just checking. Another steak would be great. A steak for Kilvarix. What would everybody else like? Steak works. I would be happy with some tea and some biscuits. Okay. Tea for our half-elven nightly friend. Alari, sorry, what was that? Tea, tea and biscuits sounds good to me, but where's Kess? Kess is clearly where she is supposed to be. It's all right, Alari. She'll be fine. If Kilvarex is any example, she may appear at random at any moment, and who knows when that happens. Zir, what can I get you? Uh, this is a question for the storyteller. When we came to the portal, are we all magically cleared clean from the swamp muck? Because I think we were pretty mucky. Good point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Candy was, like, picking at his armor and finding no swamp grass. Any remnants of Bavlorna's realm remained in Bavlorna's realm. I'll have some tea. That sounds nice. Nice hot cup of tea to, to get the smell of that swamp out of my nose. Yes? Fabulous. Anon, anything for you? Candy? I am content with my rations. A nice cup of tea with you. He spins around in his chair... Plenty of tea for four, and a large steak, particularly on the rare side. Sprite. I, I know I just got here, and I'm small, but I would love some steak and some tea and some biscuits. Two steaks, also rare, Sprocket. If you cook it any more than that, you've ruined it. What's the matter with you? Two steaks, more biscuits, more tea. Simeon. If I may, my lord, I believe I have the perfect tea to go ahead and share with my friends. Might I help prepare it? We could either prepare it in the kitchen, or we can bring merely the hot water and let you do the steeping. Which would you prefer, my friend? I would prefer to do the steeping for my friends myself. Thank you. Just the hot water, none of the tea. Consider it done. Thank you. And do you have so, any nice soup? soup? If you'd like soup, of course we can have soup. Fantastic. I'll take a soup, too. Soup for my small friend. What sort of soup would you like? Whatever you have on hand. Surprise him. If we While that's being prepared, this, perhaps... shall be too fat to engage the next fay. I don't suspect some soup and a couple of steaks will fatten you up that much. Is it too late to order a fish? What sort of fish would you like? Large, How many small. Fish of your realms? There are, they're quite large. They are uh, slightly carnivorous, but their flesh has this sort of piquant sweetness to it. That's quite lovely. If you'd like some, indulge me if you would. Of course. That sounds fantastic. 
So really, is there anything else that I can get you? The poor house crew has been running back and forth. They're happy to do, but perhaps if we could give them one more order, that would be sufficient. Anybody? Simeon? Nothing? That's all. Fabulous. <laughs> so, let us try to ascertain what more precisely what happened here, because again, we sent you through the portal, expected you to come back. Candy, you went to another realm instead, and so everything had got separated out. Even Seifel and Tiriana, who I had sent with you, got separated even from you who were separated. It seems like the entire party got scattered to the winds between the realms. Do you have any idea how or why that happened? Faye. Bullshit. You could be correct. You could be correct. As I said, I fear that Amante may be more on to our plans than we had hoped. We'd hoped to be a little bit more surreptitious. On the first hag that I was there for, there was something similar to what you gave us planted in them, and it looks like maybe it was a two-way, since you can sense what is going through that acorn. I am sure they could sense what we were doing as we were doing it through the other device. Candy, were you successful in planting the second acorn? And it created the portal which brought us here. Kilvarix, that is a fantastic observation because we are using these to collect information so that we can ascertain exactly what Almonte's move and position and strengths are. And so the first seed that you planted gave us a portal. It, it, it's not a place that I am familiar with, but it seemed like we were looking into a town or a city or of some sort. I'm not totally sure where it is, but I'm not sure why necessarily Almonte would be looking there either, but that's what the information we were getting back is. And we had suspected that something else was amiss, because, Candy, before you walked back this time, the device, or the material that we're using to collect all this information, began emitting an odor. The fact that you were in a swamp gives some context on that, because it definitely smelled like fetid and rotten and decaying grasses and such. So perhaps, perhaps it is some element of the realm that you are in that is now coming back on the second wind. I would be curious, I would be curious to see how this, how our image shapes throughout, throughout time here as we continue. I do know that there are, if you've already eliminated two of the Hag Sisters, I know that there are still two more. And if Almonte has one and we have the second, then as they, as they say in your realm, the score is tied. Then so I where does move? It means sudden death. Well, indeed. I dare say that sounds ominous. Did and where's my city? I'm sorry. My my apologies. I was going to ask. You said you could see to this other place. Is that yes. correct? Yes. And the second time you could smell this other place. Correct. I think you are picking up on what I am laying down, my friend. Kavart, you had a thought? So, these hag sisters of the four, 
Is it more important to go to the final two or to get to this city you spoke of? To get to the well, heart of the matter. Quite. Perhaps if I show you the information that we're getting, you would know more about what it is that, that we're seeing. I'm not sure. Maybe you know more about who this is or what, we're, what it is that we're seeing. The other thing that I would say is that we had believed that Almonte was in league with these Hag sisters, but maybe that's not true. We're not totally sure about that anymore. Seems a little bit... Uh, they seem less to be helping her and to be more checkboxes for her to go ahead and get the power she needs. We do know that she is trying to mount another attack from the Shadowfell, but we're not sure on the exact vector of her attack. The one uh, I saw did not seem to be willing at all. No. No, it seemed to be dormant and all life was going through this tree that we had to destroy to plant our acorn. There was no free will, nothing there, almost like the prisoner in their own body. So I would say you are probably correct that the big bad is uh, not these hags. They are merely pawns. However, sometimes it is necessary to remove the pawns to be able to see the end game for the king. Indeed. Perhaps then our suspicion is correct that she is double-crossing these hag sisters who formerly thought that they were in league with her. I'm not sure quite how I feel about Amante both double-crossing hags and gaining power. That seems like an odd conundrum to ponder. I'll have to, I'll have to think about that more. But in the meantime, he points to the large fireplace out over his shoulder and the fire roars in the fireplace and then dies back down and as it dies back down the room slowly starts to fill with that very familiar odor from the swamp it's quite subdued it's not as pungent as it was when you were in the swamp but it's very it's almost like on the tip of the air you can just smell like oh yeah no i remember what that smelled like that was that's how i remember that and for if you if for those of you that were not in the swamp again it's this fetid like rotten mossy earthy kind of smell not pleasant in the least simeon was that you <laughs> but there is i there's also but there is also in the fireplace, now that the fire has died down, a portal, a round, ethereal portal that is gazing in sort of sepia view out into a modest courtyard with a, with a white stucco building, red tile roofing. And as, as you're looking at it and watching for clues, the large, bulbous mayor of Amshire comes waddling up to the portal, oblivious to the surroundings that he is in, and grabs, almost like reaches past the camera, grabs an apple, and shines it on his shirt, and walks away, taking a bite out of it. When a portal appeared, regardless of where he was and eating, Sprocket would have squeaked with a mouthful of food and toddled over to it, pulling the Geiger counter out of his satchel that he had tucked it away in, which is okay. not big enough for it to fit in, but it comes out anyway. Okay. And toddled yeah. up to it and started adjusting his knobs, and sure. the needle would have started to jump. That was it. Uh, what's the mechanic on that for for determining information, or is it not fully active yet? Oh, it's still a prototype. All he's trying to do is finish help finish tuning it into detecting. Got it. Yep. So he's yep. playing with it to find this portal's signature. Yep. This is this is akin to a closed circuit monitoring system, less than a portal that one could walk through or travel through or something like that. That's what your readings are giving. Fair enough. So, Thank you. Yep. And then Candy. once he's satisfied, he'll go sit back down. 
Okay. I know that this probably won't work. When the mayor appears in this portal, Candy will cast message, try to whisper at him. Tend to your flock, you fat sow. Does message work across planes? It's with any uh, a creature within 120 feet. He is not within 120 feet. Of I figured it's not. Uh, however, as, as you think that thought to go ahead and send it through the portal, it instead begins echoing off of the walls in the room and in various pitches and intonations and speeds and everything like that, almost as if it is distinctly your voice, but it's as if you're being put through some sort of like a vocoder, right? And Zilvara, sipping his tea ever gently, nearly spits it out as he starts laughing. I assume you know this person. Kilvarks would have been laughing too once he heard it. Nope, deep, I don't know him at deep all. dragonborn. <laughs> and Alari is quietly giggling. Candy, I don't believe that worked. It was worth the effort. Agreed. So I assume you know him. Perhaps you know what we're seeing? This is Armshire, the courtyard of the mayor. This is the home of Matru. Intriguing. Give me, please, an investigation check, Simeon. That'll be a 21. Cool. So now that you now that you have made that connection, and as I said, others have probably made the connection of where this is, the within kind of the scent of the swamp that's coming through, there is the slight soft sweetness of cotton candy coming through the swamp, the swamp gases. Oh, basically, Aaron, how can you not know this place? We encountered your acolytes and likeness there at the Witchlight Carnival. I've never gone there. I don't know. I don't often journey from... Altar candy. I have, as you said, I have acolytes and messengers and bearers of my likeness who journey there all the time. I was not intimately familiar with the mayoral structure of Amshire. I do not concern myself so much with your realm so much, and I am trying, uh, other than to go ahead and make sure that Almonte does not get her claws within it. It's not my realm. I am not as learned on the realms as others may be, but if you are trying to gain power and build your own demi-realm or sub-realm or subspace or whatever it's called, wouldn't you not need a core, a place to pull from? If so, that may be what Omshire is for this person. We keep coming back to this place and inhabitants of this place. It obviously is something important to me. And I am honor-bound to make sure that it is not sucked into and become a new dread realm for some fae shadowfell being. You are on to the crux of what we believe to be happening, Kilvarix. That the village of Amshire has always been, apparently, a village between the worlds, so to speak. If either have the Fae going into Amshire built a bridge that has made Amshire closer to our realm than in its own, perhaps. Is it the other way around? Also, perhaps. Who knows why they picked that town generations and millennia ago, but the fact of the matter is that they did. Uh, and I believe that you are correct, given what we know about 
Amante's aims and trying to... Who knows what she's trying to do other than escape her prison. But I think that you are in the, the crux of it, that it has something to do with her recognition that the line between this town and her realm is closer, is a closer jump than the jump that she would have to make otherwise to escape her prison. That makes Very a lot fun. of sense. Like, based on all of my studies of the connection of the planes and the way that the shadow fell and the Feywa, absolutely, that, that that's a solid theory right there. Yep. Then if I may, for the group, since we don't know where this individual is, but we do know, I presume, where the other hags are, time is of the essence that we either continue on deleting these hags or try and find this city immediately and stop talking. We're wasting time, and Olmshire is still in danger, even more so than I thought. As this one has already stated, Kilvarex. My dear lord, Zavarin, I stand with my compatriots. Kilvarex, however brash and direct he may be, he's entirely accurate. We are all sworn to protect Almshire from the coming calamities, and we should make haste. The tea is properly steeped. Sip away, my friends, and we should away. I am... Perhaps my motivations here have been misunderstood, and if that is the case, I deeply apologize. My intention here is not to distract you or waylay you or keep you from your most important sacred mission. It is instead to arm you and assist you in whatever way is possible. If my invitation of rest was seen as a distraction from your cause, my apologies. Your apologies are well accepted, my my dear Lord Zavarin. Friends, is any is everyone whole? Is anyone harmed? Are they in need of aid of some shape or form that we can entreat our hosts for? Let us open the door and go. Before getting up from the table, because as soon as he says that, he's getting ready to get up to the table, but he will grab the tea that Simeon has so gently made, and in an attempt to keep the pinky out and do the proper etiquette. We'll take it up and try to sip it that way and then say, screw it, and dump the whole thing down his throat. (laughs) Then we should all drink with abandon as dragonborns do. And Simeon will follow suit out of respect for his dear friend. As will Alarai. A little warm. (laughs) Daniel will drink his tea and nod at Simeon. Very flowerly, Lily said, Simeon, and he tosses this as well. So with that, Zilvarin will rise from the table. He will beckon to Seifel and Tyriana and lead you all back to the room with the dais that you had previously uh, just walked out of not long ago. And ask again, if you're sure that there is nothing that I can attend to while you are here. I wish you well. You have the material that you need, what you need to do. Any further questions that I can try to answer or any further information I can provide. The wizard in the blue robes with the uh, with the gold flecks throughout it continues scrutinizing the room, looking around like where Sprocket's portal popped in. He seems perplexed. He doesn't seem he doesn't seem to quite understand how that could have happened, but he seems very consumed by it. But nonetheless, when he sees you enter the room with Zilvarin, he 
asks Zilvarin if it's time, are they ready to go to the next realm? Uh, Zilvarin says, yes, they are two away. And uh, the wizard begins chanting in front of the dais. The dais has two elongated sculpted poles on it. And between the uh, the tips of the poles, a slow swirl starts to, uh, to begin and eventually becomes large. It's very black in the middle and silver around the edges and as you are staring through the portal what looks like distant lightning flashes revealing a exceptionally mountainous terrain with a narrow path and the portal seems to be spitting you right on the path do you all walk through the door yep indeed before walking through, Kilvarix will get his shield out, make sure the straps are tight, mm-hmm. put the tip on his spear, head it down, make sure everything's good to go, armor, everything's all good, loosened up, ready for a fight. And then if no one else has already walked through, he will jump through the portal. Okay. Rocket has to uh, take readings off of this portal as well before he can go through. So yep. with another excited squeak, he pulls his spectrometer back out and adjusts it until he finds the tone of this portal and it starts beeping. Yeah. And he, uh, he's excited, tucks it back in, and then he'll go yeah. through. The energy off of this portal is off the charts. It's exceptionally powerful. So. Needle was needle spiking. <laughs> Simeon draws both of his blades, crosses them in front, bows deeply, looks at the spellcaster and he says thank you very much I think I should call you O'Brien and steps gently through the uh, through the portal you're such a meanie okay so you all walk through the portal in the transportation room in Zilfarin's castle and again find yourself in a mountainous terrain type realm on a somewhat narrow path. It's wide enough for even the largest among you to walk two abreast without any fear of falling off the cliffs. But there are several jagged peaks throughout throughout the landscape here. They're exceptionally rocky. There does not seem to be much for vegetation or anything. The sky is full of dark, ominous thunderclouds. It's quite dark here. Even though it seems like it might be some variation on daytime, it's quite dark here. A howling wind blows up the cliffs and significant echoing is bouncing off of the the mountain faces in the distance. It's almost as if the, the wind itself and the echoes produce this sort of maniacal cackling on the wind. And periodically lightning will flash through these thunderheads and as it's flashing it will touch down at various places on the terrain briefly illuminating the area and you can see that when it crashes down that there seemed to be some sort of uh lightning rod type contraptions that are channeling this lightning from these thunderclouds. The lightning will hit these lightning rods and it'll it'll hit for a while and then in a large discharge of energy, several of them all at once will discharge in one direction and when that happens, it illuminates a large gaudy looking but somewhat decrepit castle. As it's illuminated by the lightning, you can see black-winged creatures flying around the parapets. How close is the closest of these lightning contraptions? 
lightning rod options. Uh, yeah, sure. You can see that there is one actually not far down the path. You, the path goes down, down at a slope, and then off to the right there is a clearing with some sort of large stone structure in the in the middle of it, right near one of the lightning rods. Do Spock you pipes up with? Hmm, that looks ominous and exciting. We should go check out the lightning rod. It is on your path towards the castle. So is there any opposition to checking out the lightning rod? Wait, before we set out, Kilvaris is going to stop everyone. He's going to look at Simeon Candy and look the other ones over for a second before running on Sprocket and said, you three, come here and hold hands with them. And basically he's going to cast a at third level, so they each get 10 more hit points. Fabulous. Nice. Andy will call a halt to the group and rest his hand on Kilvarix's shoulder. Let's roll back into his head until you just see the pure white sclera. And the owl flies ahead. Sure. What through the owl's eyes as it passes over this clearing is a large stone throne, for lack of a better term, large enough to hold a large iron construct of some sort, sitting in the throne with a large sword pointing down to the ground. And immediately behind it, about 25 feet behind it or so, is a, again, this large lightning rod that is, it is vibrating with energy right now. Give me a, give me a investigation check, please. Not the best roll, but it's still a 16. Okay. You're not quite sure. You can't really glean any information from it other than it, it is vibrating with energy, but it's not vibrating very strongly. And the black flying figures. Way off in the distance. They're way far away. So, way off. Okay. I, I didn't mean, know if they were hovering probably- around the castle area. They're hovering around the castle area, but the castle area is far is a long way away. It would take several rounds and several minutes for the owl to fly that far, and I'm sh- I think that it would break the connection if you flew that far. Uh, I think it's a thousand feet, but yeah, it'd be close. It'd be close because it's probably about a half. It's about a half mile away. Yeah. This stone throne and iron construct are significantly closer. They are. They are in fact maybe a hundred feet away from where you popped into the realm. Any sigils, any oddities, if I have circled kind of the area? Yes. Give me, actually, you, give me an arcana check. <laughs> Again, not the best roll, but still a 16. You, with your experience in ethereal planar realms and on extra plan in extra planers and extra planets and stuff like that recognize that the sigils are not of toril for sure they are alien is the best way that you can describe it you're not quite sure what they are but they're definitely they you can definitely tell that they are not from here even uh, not, not even like from here is like the fey world but like they're not of this planet they are definitely of something farther and farther away. 
So, thank you. Yep, now I need to go remind my dice that there are such things as double-digit numbers. <laughs> so when I saw Candy put his hand on the shoulder, I rolled for psionic whispers. So for three hours is what I have it. And I did Candy, Kilvarix, and Simeon. If Candy wanted to, Candy could probably, without opening his mouth tell me what he hears, what he sees. I would imagine that, because basically you lose all of, Candy, you lose all your senses when you go into channeling right. through y'all. So basically, yeah, it's as if you are able to kind of see what he sees. If you would like to give me an investigation check, anyway, I can give you the one on the lightning rod. That first investigation was a 17. 17, okay. Still misses the difficulty because this is strange okay. technology. Okay. Okay. Candy, your owl comes back as commanded after doing the investigation. So do you relay what you found to the rest of the party? I would, Candy would be relaying it in real time as he generally does when the owl is scouting. Okay. It occurs to this one mm-hmm. that you have a mechanical aptitude of sorts. Observant. What do you make of an iron construct seated on a stone throne underneath one of these lightning attractors. With the additional information, Josh, is there anything that I would have the ability to recognize? Give me an investigation check at advantage because of your mechanical aptitude. My passive investigation is a 23. Yeah. So it would be reasonable to assume that the lightning could be a source of energy, but what the energy source is doing or would do is way... Like, it's, it, it could do a billion things, right? But it's reasonable to assume it's an energy source. Did there appear to be anything connecting the this giant stone throne to the lightning rod? So I suppose I needed to answer that, didn't I? But I'll assume that was in Candy's voice. And previously said there was a discharge that goes back towards the castle, right? I'm not surprised that there's a giant stone throne, but I believe that we're going to find that simply going to be a guardian or protector. Because it seems to me that the lightning rods with the discharge going back towards the castle is some form of power collection in order to aid whoever lives in the castle and amassing more power. You said very quickly. Is there any way it could aid us? I'd have to get a lot closer and be able to actually investigate the inner workings of the device in order to even begin to possibly guess at that, but... We ain't got time for that. Let's go smash it. (laughs) (laughs) That's Kilvarix. Now, Kilvarix, I would like at least an opportunity to examine the device before you smash it. Just a moment, please, if if you don't mind. We've got until I figure out how to smash it. Hmm. Okay. And as a game note, those three, so Sprocket, Simeon, Andy, those are 10 hit, extra hit points, and your hit point maximum is increased by 10 for the next eight hours. Yep, thank you. Wait, does that mean that Very I have helpful. 10 extra regular hit points and 10 extra temporary hit points? They're not temporary. They're just regular hit points. That is the benefit of aid. Yes, so if you get damaged and healed again, then you get them back. That's awesome. But as we approach, Sprocket will have his long tuning fork looking wand in one hand and his hammer in the other. 
so you have walked into the clearing with the large stone throne, a large metallic construct seated on it, and a lightning rod, again, about 25 or 30 feet behind it. That periodically lightning will hit it, and it is vibrating with an energy. Who does what? I guess I'll stop this, and I'll move towards it. Go ahead and move your token. And Kilvaris looks at the rocket and says, I'm just going to walk casually up to it. You have until I get there before I smash it, knock it down, or destroy it. So go. And I'll give him a round before I move. Then Sprocket goes, so impatient, and rushes forward to investigate the, advi- the device as well. I will move up with Sprocket. As will Anon. 10, okay. 15, 20. Sprocket's approaching the lightning rod. Not the okay. Monster. I'm going to stay with Sprocket. Tw- where was it? Okay. I was about to ask Five, which 10, is the lightning 15, rod and which is... 25. Damn it, I can't so, quite reach so it. So the scepter is the lightning rod. I figured uh, you would probably dash Sprocket when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in rounds anyways, but yes, he, yeah. he scooted right up there. Um, Simeon, I'm going to start with you as everyone's investigating the lightning rod. As you get close to the throne, you start to feel cold. Like You get a chill. And it's the sort of chill that you know how sometimes when you get like a cold wind, it like it wakes you up, it like perks you up. And, okay, woof. This is the other kind of chill where it's, it just is like a it's a heaviness. It is like a cold blanket weighing you down a little bit and you're starting to feel a little drowsy. And as you're that close to it, you can also see that there are all sorts of symbols and things carved into the stone as Candy reported when the owl was walking by. I'm not quite sure what they are. You can make an investigation check if you'd like and you might be able to pick up on some of them, but that will be up to you. I would like to. I will use that mental link to let Alari know there's some effect that's happening in this vicinity. Be yep, at the ready. Enough. Yep. Fair enough. And I'll investigate. Do either okay. of those languages I sent to you earlier help with that investigation in any way, shape, or form? Nope. Because they're less a language and more symbols, but you do feel like there is some sort of alien language on there also. And those are probably the closest. Like, it's they're, they're maybe some touches of Elvish, too, but anyway, what's the, what's the results of the investigation check? Significantly less than my passive at an eight. At an eight? Okay, what is your passive? Thirteen. Cool. So with a passive of thirteen, you see a couple of symbols that could be like planetary symbols. Oh, that's this star or this planet or that sort of thing. You also see a couple of symbols that look like they aren't elvish, but they could be a variation on elvish, but you're not sure what they say. Okay. Yeah. Alari will have moved closer to Simeon when he gave you that information, but I will send that information to Candy if Candy feels like sharing that with Sprocket, since I didn't link with Sprocket. The same thing begins to happen to you as you move closer to it. Again, you start to feel like this cold heavy drowsiness. The thing seems to be emitting a wearying chill effect 
on those who approach it. That's unusual. He says without looking up from investigating the lightning rod. All of a sudden, as you're talking about it, lightning crashes and hits the lightning rod. Touching it yet. Nope. Sprocket, give me an investigation check, please. Since you're currently noodling it. I got an 11, which is significantly lower than my 23. With your pat... The... Your passive of 23 will tell you that before it was vibrating at a frequency, right? It was it had energy within it. Now that mm-hmm. it has been struck by lightning, it is vibrating more. Does there appear to be any... Oh, I'm not... Actually, I just investigated. Does there appear to be any kind of a battery type thing or a capacitor that's storing this charge? Or is just the whole half moon vibrating like crazy and it's just a big middle stick? Or- so it's So the map is a little bit deceptive. It is... It's tall. This thing is 20 feet tall. The half moon is up on top of it. And so it is a large column. It is wide at the bottom and narrow at the top where the moon is. And so it's the entire thing seems to be vibrating with this energy right now. And Simeon Seifel has moved next to you. And... But no identifiable parts that it would look like are storing the energy? No, the exterior is like a very smooth copper. It's made of copper. Whenever it was that she would have sensed this malaise about the, she would have found that that edge, if you will, yep. and ste- she would have positioned herself like at the edge of that yep. sensation, uh, wherever that is on your map. I'm yep, not about five feet back, so it's when you're within ten feet of it, ten feet of the oh. throne. Seifel has moved up next to you, Simeon, and is also scrutinizing. And he says out loud, some of these seem to be rooted in Elvish, but I don't understand them. Nor I. Perhaps compare your notes, what you're able to understand, and maybe I can help contextualize. So Seifel will extend a finger towards the throne, and his hand is just like moving closer to it. And gets about three inches away from it says this symbol here is a symbol for an ancient planet in our mythology in the in the Eladrin mythology that the, our understanding of planar magics it's a very distant planet and then this symbol over here he points to another one on the side is a symbol of a star so maybe this is some sort of map but I can't tell you what it is. Was that star... Is that star still in your night skies now? Yes, I believe so. Go ahead, Candy. I'm going to turn to Sprocket. Shall we attempt an experiment? Sprocket has arrayed a number of tools out in front of him and is preparing to see if he can open this copper thing as he looks up into you and goes, What do you have in mind? I can... <clears throat> try to duplicate the lightning's effect. Oh, I'm not sure we should give it any more power. I'm pretty sure all of this goes right to the big castle, and I'm... But we're going to have to fight whatever's there eventually. Just growls. I'm also confident that if we just wait a couple of moments, that the lightning will strike it again. I just don't want to be touching it when that happens, if I can help it. It's like a little, like a... Almost like an electrical lasso kind of forms in Candy's hand. <clears throat> As Kilvarix looks up to you, he looks at you, Sprocket, and you both can and says, figure anything out yet? That depends on whether or not I've been able to open this copper casing 
It's not, you have been able to determine it is not a copper casing. This is a single forged piece. Yeah, it's a single piece. It's not like a (laughs) casing around anything else. It's solid copper, so I think you're going to have trouble smashing it. And based on that, I bet that whatever, that there's more to this machine under the ground. Perhaps we should dig. He starts rubbing so, his, rubbaging in his satchel as though he's looking for a shovel. Kilvaris looks it up and down. So chuckles a little bit, puts his spear in his left hand, grabs his medallion, and starts muttering to Io under his breath and creates a giant spiritual weapon maul up by the top of it. <laughs> and starts wailing on it. Fabulous. Just before the mall hits it, another lightning crash hits it. And again, Sprocket, as before, the energy in it builds up a little bit more. And now this spiritual mall is hitting the top of it. What sort of damage does the spiritual mall do, Gilvarix? The spiritual mall is a... Uh, it's... Hold on. Let me force. I think it's actually uh, radiant. Force. No damage. force. One day plus four force damage. Okay, cool. All right, it is tonking away at the top of the lightning rod. You realize that smashing things is not the answer to everything, don't you? Works so far. Um, As I was going to say, do I notice any results or reactions from the creature or the thing in the in the throne? As the tuning fork is being hit, specifically is, looking for reactions that kind of jive yep. with the tones that I'm hearing. Yep, sure. Fair. So it's not it's not a it's not a tuning fork. It is it's a lightning rod, but it's a big metal thing being hit by a spiritual metal thing. Fair. Yep. So I okay. figure yep. it's resonating in some fashion. It is definitely resonating, and you are starting to feel the ground resonate with it with the hits. It's subtle, but the thing seated in the throne at this point is still absolutely still. Eerily, absolutely still. And with the knowledge that I was just given, trying to think about it in the context of a map and what little I was able to pick up on, do I have a shot at a second investigation? Yeah, sure. 15. Yeah, still, like, if it's a map, it's you don't have enough waypoints to determine where it is. If you could read that ancient script, it'd make a whole lot more sense, but it's not, you know, that's the gist that you're getting. It's, yep, okay, you're starting to feel as, okay, yeah, no, you're right, that is a planet, that's a star. Oh, yeah, there's another planet there, I know that one. These three may be a constellation, but you can't read the script in between them, so you're not sure if it's a map or directions, or a story, or what. We're not going to be able to figure this out here, but if you notice anything that we see that has similar symbology, specifically the ones we cannot ascertain, let me know. That may help us figure this out. Seyfel is, again, just scrutinizing the chair, trying to ascertain it. Perhaps a rubbing is in order? No, my back is strong. I'm fine. Thank you. So does anybody wish to move up and take a rubbing of the stone chair, as Candy has suggested? I guess that's me, the investigator. (laughs) While he's doing that, Kel Barks is going to look at Candy and says, Hey, can't you use that hand thing to lift something? Put something metal up there so that no more lightning hits this, so I get it knocked over. 
What do you suggest? I don't know. Metal on top of the metal to to, to attract the, the lightning so it doesn't hit this thing. It hits your metal. How small is it? 20, 25 feet. Zier, when you move closer to the throne, you begin to feel the cold malaise that everyone else is feeling. I'll lift Kilvarix's helmet up over the top of the the copper cool. spear with my mage so, hand. Kilvarix, so um, your, your helmet is floating above. In my, in my bag of stuff, I have paper, so I'm going to take a rubbing of some of the words they don't understand. Fantastic. Hold that thought. Sprocket, by the way, is looking back and forth between Kilvarix and Candy during this entire conversation, holding a couple of tools, just like he puts his tools back in his bag and slowly backs away from this entire process. Zir, as you put the paper, as as you touch the throne, the figure seated in it begins to move, and like small dust and pebbles begin to fall out of its joints as it stands up. Its eyes glowing bright blue like the lightning flashes. And it stands up. And I need initiative from everybody. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, at TT Journeys, by joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. And remember, if you want early access to all of our episodes, a chance to drop dice with your favorite hosts, and maybe even appear in one of our actual plays, you can join our Patreon to help support the show at patreon.com forward slash ttjourneys. You're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible. We would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays, and every Tuesday features our actual play episodes. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler along our path, we bid you shade and sweet water.